0: Goodman Radio Show, and here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe! Here comes the
1: Spudman, he goes down easy, he calls to you who, the social outcast, yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spudman, Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spudman Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's
2: Spud. Goodman Greetings Andor Ola, amigos, I am Spud Goodman. <laughs> <The>
3: Spud <man.
2: laughs> and I assume you are the listener. You know, we have a pretty decent show for everyone, so depart now at your own peril. And not that harm's gonna come to you, but you know, if you change the channel or click away, but something maybe a tiny bit cool might happen and you'd miss it. You know, life is too short, in my opinion, for regrets. So why don't you just hang around for a while and see what, you know, the heck happens. Okay, I need to introduce our designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Give us what you got. Well, how about this? (laughs) That was barely adequate, but I'll go with it. Sorry. So I'd I'd like to introduce our show's public sector food critic, Lawrence, who will be sitting in as my co-host. All right, all right. It's nice to be invited
4: in the studio here and to be off the road for a bit, you know, traveling all over the country on a Greyhound bus right wipe you out yeah it's yeah. a good thing i do love greyhound bus trips though i, I, I gotta say hey, say you want me to do a toss a few uh, catchphrases on the show you know I, I know co-hosts is supposed to pipe in with those from time to time well right? you know
2: actually i feel catchphrases should be limited to hosts only you know because if you go down the food chain and let a co-host start spewing catchphrases then the next thing you know our designated laugher my Aunt Dorothy here is going to want to come up with one, or my personal what? assistant That's Derek standing right. over there. I, I know for a fact he has one ready to go, and he's been bugging me for a while to get, get some airtime and start using it. See, this could easily get out of hand, so just be aware this decision is in the best interest of society as a whole. I don't think so.
4: All right, all right, okay, no problem. Hey, I only have one ready to go anyway. Hey, hey you want to hear it?
2: Yeah, okay, go ahead.
4: Okay, This. Yes. Howdy ho uh, <laughs> I sort of swiped it from Cab Calloway. Yeah,
2: you know, you know, I interviewed Cab Calloway many, many years ago. Oh, yeah? That dude was a true artist, uh, one yeah. of a kind. There's no doubt about it. And it, his, that was a cool catchphrase then, and it's like pretty damn cool catchphrase now so yeah you can use it once or twice
4: all right cool thanks man i appreciate it yeah hey you know it's nice to not have to do a food review this week it's kind of nice for the break thanks for for letting me do the this co-host bit well
2: actually it wasn't my call our illustrious executive producer lori once again is trying to exploit your background as an ex-offender to gin up our weak-ass ratings and it only makes common sense I mean, if they weren't solo, I-, I would stand up and do the right thing, you know. Tell her, no way, we're going to go back to this well once again. She keeps bringing up her research every time we meet that, you know, that says people can't get enough of anything prison-related. She says it's hotter than any sex stuff that we could talk about.
4: yeah <laughs> I know I read the lockup show on NBC. has got some major ratings. It's like a ratings machine for them, and people really, really dig it. You know, isn't it on all weekend long yes, on that channel?
2: MSNBC
5: well, plays I, it
2: all weekend long.
5: Yeah, I never miss lockup, and I TV it every weekend so I can watch it all through the week. I'm not okay. going to lie, Spud. I'm attracted to guys in prison. Oh, well, look at you! Oh, I, did I not know yeah, this. I just can't. Well, I really explain don't really. want to know this. But I'm concerned that Lawrence's rough patch in life is being exploited here. Oh,
4: no, that's all right. I don't really mind it here. You know, I know having done time at Pelican Bay in Cali does make me a little bit of an expert on the topic, so, you know, that's all right. No worries. I am happy to help out if the listeners to the show are into it, you know?
2: If you could just go ahead and make sure you do that from now on, that would be great. Okay, I'm gonna make sure the discussion doesn't, uh, you know, sink into handling, you know, soap in the shower and using the bathroom in front of others. You know, the old go-to questions with prison talk. I promise you.
4: I appreciate that, Spur.
2: but but can I ask if there were like rules on how you decorated your cell? I mean, could could you put up like a poster of, say, like Ryan Seacrest's face? Maybe a huge fathead one? Yeah, I'm just, you know, maybe you could throw stuff at it or whatever. But no. I like, I, I know they cost a lot, and so you'd probably get sick of it after a couple
4: years. And no, but gosh, I, you'd probably have to watch it your whole term, wouldn't you? Now, forget that idea. Seriously. Stupid. It's just stupid. Sorry. I asked. Well, uh, let me answer that. I'll tell you how that worked. You know, we, we could put up family pictures and calendars and that sort of thing and stuff like that. They just didn't really like us to put up big posters like right. what yeah. you're talking about, Seacrest yeah. and whatnot. Now, I think there was a size that we had to stay within. I remember this one guy started painting this big old mural on a cell wall of Eva Longoria. he he stored up a heck of a lot of inks that he took from the pens in the library and stuff like that he only got about as far as doing her neck and then they told him that had to come down that is messed up yo
2: well, yes, Eva is a very beautiful woman. Oh, duh. Mm. So, so, if you guys got hungry, let me ask you this late at night, could you at least ask the guard to let you out of your cell to find a vending machine? You know, maybe buy a couple bags of Doritos or something? Because hungry oh. prisoners would seem to be a real safety issue. No one behaves well when their stomachs are growling. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Nobody does. No, seriously, that's, they don't. That's funny. Yeah, but they it didn't out. matter,
4: though, because if you got the munchies late at night, there's nothing much you could do about it. The gods in the graveyard ship, they were not not real responsive to people's requests from Gen Pop, you know, so they just kind of turned us out. It's cold. I'm uh.
5: so hungry.
4: Now, I myself always kept a bag of Funyuns or a Butterfinger in my pillow just in case for those times.
5: Oh, yes, I enjoy Butterfingers, too.
2: Yeah, well, I'd like to ask you about prison etiquette out in the yard, but right now we have to bring on our musical guest, who will you know, we're going to be speaking with him a little later on in the program. So here is Patrick Galactic. Thank you.
6: Deconstruct your memory
0: Spud Goodman Radio Show.
7: What up? It's J.B. Smooth. Check out Spud Goodman. He's my friend. He's my buddy. And he owes me money. So I gotta stay in contact with him. Yeah.
4: Okay, now, now uh, the first guest you've got tonight, Stephen Dorff, he's waiting to talk to you here.
2: All right, this guy's interesting. He, he's done some really cool movies. You, you probably remember him from Blade, but I liked him a lot in John Waters' Cecil B. Demented. So i got to ask him about that one. Wait, oh, All right,
0: was... Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up.
2: He was in Blade? Really? He... Was he was he Blade? No, no. Wesley Snipes was Blade. Uh, but... You know. Oh,
4: okay. Well, i never seen the movie myself, but I know a lot of my old buddies from Pelican Bay, they love that movie. Well,
2: I need to talk to him about his new movie, Wheeler, which sounds pretty interesting, actually. Oh, does he play a superhero in that one? Uh, no, no. He plays a country singer. So hmm. just put him on, and he's going to
4: tell us all about it. All right. Okay, here he is.
2: Please say hello to actor, musician, writer, Stephen Dorf. Welcome. Hey, man. How are you? Not too bad. Uh let me, let me share with our listeners the scoop on your new film, Wheeler. It's now released out in theaters and available on video on demand. You were like the go-to guy on this one, right? You star in it, you wrote it, you produced it, and wrote the freaking soundtrack, which I, was, which I will say it's not too shabby. Very, very impressive.
3: Yeah, man. Well, um, I wouldn't have done this movie if, uh, if I didn't think we had the songs. You know, it's all—it's a music movie. It's a character portrait. It's a very unorthodox uh, way of shooting a movie we used all real people i'd say 65 70 percent of the movie that you're going to see was all improvised and all believed all these people believed wheeler existed um um there was no movie trucks no lights um we went very undercover so the people shooting wheeler people thought oh they're just doing a content for this singer-songwriter's website or whatever you know meanwhile we were shooting 4k cameras and shooting a movie it's a very authentic look uh, into Nashville. I come from, you know, for people that don't know, um, they can surely read about it. Uh, I come from a family of songwriters. My dad, I grew up and took me to Hollywood when I was three months old. My dad's had 15 number one records. My brother um, was arguably one of the hottest songwriters in Nashville. Uh, He had five number ones in the last two years uh, and has Rascal Flatts, new one that's, heading that way. And, uh, you know, this is my wheelhouse, but I've never wanted to do a Stephen Dorff album. I make movies. uh, That's what I do. But uh, I do write music and we had some songs. We then created a character at my living room table in Malibu and uh, then decided to get into some prosthetic makeup and really make it an experiment and go live this guy on the ground and see if we could get a movie out of this thing and then fill fill in the blanks. Get old Chris Christopherson, uh, one of the last great legends out there. Right there, and right. Uh, there's only two highwaymen left, Willie and Chris. Um, get some blessings by some great country artists and some people, making sure I'm not crazy, and uh, that they like the sound of Wheeler. And um, and then we we let it fly. Yeah.
2: Well, you, you did at least let someone else direct it, right? Or Your name would be in every credit on the screen. You did everything other than that, pretty much, right?
3: Yeah, this was a partnership. I mean, there was no when you say writing, uh, you know, me and Ryan Ross, my partner on this, who's uh, worked with me for five, six years. This is uh, yeah, I gave it to him because he really broke the story. He really cracked. He was really behind the camera, and uh, I don't really want my name on everything. I wrote the album. I wrote, I wrote, uh, I kind of co-directed the movie, but Ryan really was the was the guy. So I gave it to him. You know, we we wrote the character in a ten-page treatment, and that's all we had. We huh. dropped in and. Well, made a movie, and the only kind of big element from big Hollywood movie making that we had on the movie was we had an Academy Award uh, makeup artist, um, and other than that, um, we let this baby fly.
2: Right, yeah, hey, yeah, just uh, hey, Stephen, I'll be back in just a second. Cool.
4: What? You know, I always wanted to be a country singer. Yeah. Yeah. I used to write a ton of songs while I was in prison. Right. I got, I got a lot of crap from some of the guys on my tier when I was working on the lyrics and stuff. But yeah. Because you know, singing in my cell, as sound travels at night inside. You know, it never caused me to lose the dream. I guess. Well,
2: have you ever recorded anything? I mean, we could listen to it, and I'd play it on on the show sometimes. Nah,
4: nah, I stopped writing songs before I got out when I when I heard that I had to move to Nashville. Nothing against well, that city, but I'm more of a West Coast guy. You myself.
2: wouldn't have to move to Nashville. I mean, yeah, it's, oh. it is the mecca of country music, but you can still get discovered just about anywhere these days. Really? Really? Yeah. Well, nobody told me
4: that. I heard it was Nashville or bust. That's what they say. Nah. Maybe I can dig out some of those song lyrics I wrote on some toilet paper there. Uh. I think they're in a cardboard box. I got some. Yeah, you should, you should
2: try and find them, but right now I got to get back to Stephen, all right? Well, are you a method actor guy to ask? Because after doing this film, are you driving now like a Ford F four fifty? Are you full on country right now, or is it just a role you left behind?
3: <laughs> uh, I'm still a beach kid. I'm still a beach guy. Forty three, right. living in Malibu, and I'm still an actor, you know. But uh, I went there for Wheeler. I went deep, and uh, obviously with that great makeup and the wig, and the... I knew how to fill it. That's what I do is right. the acting part. But the music part was the challenge, playing live, which I've never really done. I've never. I've never had to play uh, in front of a live audience, live radio. You know, this is a not for this. This is a new. Uh, this is a new game for me. Uh, so that was really the challenge was um, getting up, playing these open mics in a town where there's a lot of talent there, and right. there's a lot of people that are the real deal. So you know, I wanted to come off as the real deal, which I knew I would. Cause, uh, what I do for
2: a living as an actor uh, but uh well let, let, let me we ask about real that challenge
3: and I knew we had the song so
2: yeah let me ask about this over your career just touch on this briefly you've played some good guys but also a lot of bad guys or morally challenged characters do many people cautiously approach you thinking you're gonna be like mean or nasty to them is that's the situation that we share if so?
3: I missed that last part. Sorry, because I'm on the street in New York. What was the What was
2: the last part? Sorry. Oh yeah, no problem. I was wondering if uh, you know you played a lot of characters. Some of them have been kind of morally challenged, kind of bad guys. Uh, I, I was just wondering uh, if people are somewhat cautious in approaching you, you know, because that would be a situation that uh, we would share. Because a lot of people think I'm like this grumpy get off my lawn kind of guy, and that's so wrong. I'm a nice guy. How about uh-huh.
3: you? Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was pretty shocked that we got that. I knew I knew old Wheeler was. Uh, was a sweet guy and I knew he was a humble guy and because we, we created this guy and he's a cowboy not looking to be a star he just wants to see if people respond to his songs the way uh, they did in his hometown of Kaufman, Texas but uh, you know yeah I get you know I don't get the real pretty boy thing sometimes which is cool I think because the movies like Blade and Felon and right. my harder edged R rated films uh, people are always kind of cool with me so <laughs> I've been uh, I've been lucky there but uh, as far as um wheeler we got a pg rating which is cool i think it might be my first pg movie i've ever been in out of 40 movies which is kind of cool i was always the pg-13 or the r-rated guy but uh i'm a, I'm a family film guy now
2: wow that's pretty cool. cool yeah well let me ask you uh, this one last thing on another p- old project you were in in a film cecil b demented by directed by one of our favorite guests john waters was he a demanding director or did yeah, he give you a lot of latitude
3: i love john he's a genius at the such an original and uh yes. you know, my agents at the time uh told me not to do that movie and uh I fired him and I did yeah.
2: <laughs> call. Great call.
3: <laughs> and uh John Waters wrote that movie for me and uh to me he's like the punk rock Woody Allen. He's yep. I think even better now and uh and for me he uh, you know to have a John Waters movie on my on my filmography uh, as a title character, and then we go to Cannes and we get a standing ovation, you know. Heck I knew yeah. I had the wrong agent at that time. You know, they were always looking just for commercial opportunities and I've been the one that's always fought against that and uh, I believe it's it's good to do mainstream cinema or... I'm on the
7: radio, you
3: Oh, sorry.
2: No biggie. <laughs> so... Let's let's end this thing with a little uh, taste of your song Pour Me Out of This Town. I uh, thank you so much for calling into the show Mr. Steven Dorf.
4: Uh,
6: show. Show. <laughs> I can't take this.
4: Hey, Spud, show a psychic, Ted yeah. Ma. He's holding for you. You want to take it now? Absolutely, I dig talking with him. Do his plug first, though. His plug? Oh, oh, you mean I'm read this? Here? Yeah, that right there. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, Ted Ma's Out of This World Radio Show can be heard each Friday, two to four p.m. Pacific on KKNW, eleven fifty a.m. in Seattle, and on the web. Here he is.
2: Here he is again, our resident psychic, Mr. Ted Marr. We appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to school us on this paranormal stuff. So hey, I wanted to ask you about something that could be a multi-billion dollar business. I'm referring to virtual sex with those in the afterlife. You know, sex with dead people, what do you think?
8: This is actually an interesting question, and um, what it is though, because in the afterlife you're in another higher, hopefully higher dimension, you don't really have physical sex. What you do is that you have the merging of two souls, which is also very beautiful.
2: Okay, well, I mean, I'm I'm aware that necrophilia is aberrant behavior, you know, and I'll get one institutionalized rightfully so, I might add, but I would, you know, I was just wondering with the powers that you have that you could make this happen because if you could, if if we could like monetize this, it would be bigger than Tinder or Starbucks for sure. <laughs>
8: The thing that you have to be careful of sometimes is that there are entities, negative entities, in the lower dimensions of the fourth astral plane who do come back and try to have sex with people in this third dimension. Really? But that's not a really good thing I recommend doing.
2: Okay, well, with the virtual angle there... I don't know. There might be a way to make it work. I'm, again, talking about monetizing it, but I don't think wearing a heavy piece of equipment on your head is really that sexy. So, if, <laughs> if we were going to try to make this thing work as a business, do you think you could figure out a way to ditch the gear and just do it on that charal?
8: <laughs> well, I could ask my friends on the other side. I know that Professor Einstein right now is working on a spirit phone yeah. uh, with 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 other great spirits on the other side, to so that so that we here in the third dimension can just call them up, on the in the fifth dimension anytime. That'll be fun when he gets that that completed.
2: Yeah, tell him to get on that. Uh, if it was possible, <laughs> I'm not ashamed to say I would, you know, take a loan out or whatever it would take to, to have sex with Joan of Arc or maybe even Liz Taylor if they would have me. I mean, not not at the same time. I'm pretty traditional in the bedroom. You know. Did, uh, can they see me? I mean, can they see what I look like? Is uh, then they might not be up for it. I mean, this <laughs>
8: Actually, actually, from their perspective, they see they see your your physical body, but they also see your soul, and the soul is more important.
2: I know, I know. Like your your mom would always tell you that that looks aren't everything and all that stuff. But I don't know. In the real world, it's kind of <laughs> important. If you ever look at these dating sites, I mean, have you been on Tinder lately? But all right. Well, anyway, <laughs> I haven't. Okay, so I haven't. So if this business did take off and we were able to make it work, I'm thinking in some places. It probably, you know, maybe wouldn't go over real well, like in Utah or Vatican City are are a couple things that come to mind. But it could do for the paranormal what porn did for the Internet. I'm just saying. So before you poo-poo this thing, you might want to give it some thought just from a business angle, but I'm not going to, I'm going to drop it at this point and, and let you go. But just think about it. Would you do that?
8: I'll be happy to, but all my spirit friends on the other side are laughing right now, but they will.
2: Well, we'll be laughing all the way to the bank, maybe. All right. Well, I, I, I got to get back to the show, but I want to thank you so much for uh, answering my questions, because I know it's a little bit sensitive for you. But anyway, thank you. Okay.
8: My pleasure. But have a wonderful
0: day.
2: All right. Our resident psychic, Mr. Ted Mar.
0: There's still more fun and excitement in store in the second half of the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Right after this brief intermission.
6: Spud Goodman, let me, let me in tears.
9: Spud Goodman, let me for drinking my beers. He takes the spatula
7: and puts it in the pan, and why he does that I just don't understand.
4: He grabs a pencil for quick relief. His indigestion is beyond belief. Spud Goodman, man! Goodman, good Goodman
6: Show.
0: We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show.
5: Spud, yeah? it seems we've been getting a ton of calls, and they all want to speak with Lawrence. So, Heidi Yeah, so far the interns have told everyone to hang up, though, as we can we just can't have the one and only phone no. line into the studio tied up.
2: After all, we do have guests to interview here. <laughs> man, I guess our executive producer was on the money, man. Jeez. I mean... <laughs> Anything prison-related is totally hot still. I don't get it. That the is... U.S. prison system is so messed up, especially those freaking private prisons. Yes! I mean, why does everyone want to watch and listen to stories about being locked
4: up? Okay, let me let me cue you in here. My guess Please. is the version of prison that they see on TV and in the movies that looks kind of exciting and all, but I'm here to say prison is nothing but boring, man. Well, you know, except for the time in the yard during the day... And on movie night each week, and the the rest of it, no, I had no fun, no fun at all. No.
5: Good. I've read the object of prison is to make it unappealing
2: so it serves as a deterrent. Yes. Well, if, if the powers that be wanted to make it like a real deterrent, they wouldn't let let them make so many shows and, and movies about it. Maybe. I mean, it's. It, 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 look, we got a little extra time. If someone on the line, I guess they're saying somebody wants to, to call in and talk. Yeah. They want to okay, talk to me? They can talk okay, to me.
5: Okay, I am I'll, getting I'll, I'll word take a call. that we do have a caller who wants to speak with Lawrence, though. No, yeah. talk to me? Yeah. They want to speak with Lawrence. Caller, go Not ahead. Me. You're on the air.
7: I'll take this. Hello? 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 Am, am I on the air?
2: Uh, he just, or she just said, that's my Aunt Dorothy, by the way. Um, yeah, I haven't formally introduced you to her, but... Yes, you're on the air. What do you think? This is a radio show. You oh, just called uh, in. Sorry,
7: right. Right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So, Lawrence, hey, uh, did you do time in isolation at Pelican Bay? Dude, that would be so intense.
4: And no, no, no. See, I basically followed the rules, so I never had to go, go in the hole or anything like that. Now, some of my buddies did, and there ain't no picnic, I got to tell you. Everything
8: bad that can happen to a person has happened to
4: me. Yeah, see, because you only get one magazine a day to read, and the toilet paper, it's only one ply. They got no luxuries there. Ouch, that must scratch. Yeah.
7: Well, so how many packs of smokes did you have to pay for protection in there? You know, I've seen a couple of the prison movies and stuff, and, you know, cigarettes were the currency prisoners were using. sir so, so what were you paying? What was the exchange rate?
4: No, no, man. There's no exchange rate because they, they didn't have no smoking at our prison there. It was California, man. We, we had a pretty oh, healthy man. environment there. Like, we had Tai Chi classes. We had biofeedback. And there was even rolfing available there. <laughs> well, yeah. <clears throat> <Huh>? What? <laughs> Uh, I always wonder what rolfing was. Rolfing? Oh, well, what it is, it, it, it is a form of body work that reorganizes okay. the connective tissue called fascia, and that permeates the entire body. So you see, it's basically a very, very, very vigorous massage. Now, this is not for wimps. I'm going to tell you that right now. Yeah. Yes,
5: indeed. Many years ago, I was a rolfing therapist. Yeah, right. I, did but I had, this. Well, yeah, but I had to get out of the business, as too many male patients would start crying when it got a little rough. Lawrence is right. It is not for wimps. I'm well, telling you. Count me
2: out. I am not into painful massages. I mean, why would anybody pay for that? Oh, look,
7: look, look, look. Uh, Lawrence, did, did you have to make your own shiv, or did you get one from someone while you were on the inside? Like, look, I've been a member of the NRA for a long time, and I know the first thing I do when I go in is get a shiv. Hmm. So, I mean, the right to bear arms inside is kind of out of the question, right?
4: Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no no handguns, no rifles, nothing like that. See. Me, myself, I never carried a shiver around, you know. But look, I don't want to toot my own horn too much, but I was a pretty popular guy on my tier, I gotta say. He told me he loved me. I just never worried too much about people being upset with me or anything. You mean, so like you never got into fights with any of the neo-Nazis? Nah, man. That must have been a downer. Did you meet any real neo-Nazis while you are in prison? Well, we didn't really talk politics much in there. There were a bunch of white dudes who looked like they belonged to a club or something like that, but they kind of kept to themselves pretty much. And like I said, I was pretty popular. I got along with almost everybody.
7: Well, you know, you're not a very interesting ex-convict. I have to say it's a bit disappointing. At least there's some good music on the show. Patrick Galactic is awesome. Look, yeah. I should go now. Spud, when you have a dude that has some yeah, real hard time on his record, yeah. let me know. But
2: yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Wow. What a prison snob.
4: Some men just want to watch the world burn. Nah, it, no no worries. It's all right. You know, it's kinda of hard to compete with Shawshank Redemption, you because know, everybody's seen that.
2: Yeah, I guess. Anyway. Hey, hey, can you see if our next guest is ready to go? The phone line's now open. Right. Grab it quickly. Hopefully this is we got a celebrity okay. guest calling in.
4: All right. Well let me check here. See, uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Your next guest here is Justin Cook. He's holding for you right now. All right. You know, I've followed his career over the years. Very good actor. Yeah. It, you know, the more I work on this show and I hear about these actors and how they live and stuff, it yeah. sure seems like a good job. Got I wonder how tough it would be to be an actor, man. Do you you have to have a a certificate or something to to be an actor?
2: Well, I I don't think it hurts to go to that Juilliard place, but I I don't believe it's a prerequisite or
4: anything. Oh, okay. Well, you know, the only thing I would be afraid of is having to do a love scene because
6: that would be
4: kind of stressful. Come on, you can do it. Like in real life, you know, those, those moments, they're difficult enough. But if I knew yeah. the millions of people were checking out my moves
2: yeah then, oh, and I bet you could ask for like a waiver though um you know or something to get you out of those scenes there's got to be some sort of labor practices thing so yeah, you, you could something this. to get out of it because you know having experienced uh, some performance issues myself Ooh. you know I mean who needs uh, like a camera recording those moments uh, I mean I just yeah anyway yeah, like, I, j- hey, just put Justin on because I just he's just he's waiting so let's, oh, okay. let's do it
4: all right Here he is
2: say hello to actor Justin Kirk we appreciate you calling in to speak with us
9: hello my friend a pleasure to speak to you
2: absolutely so you have a new show APB airing on Fox Monday nights 9 H central the show's uh, premise is really interesting you use technology to get a handle on the crime situation in the city of Chicago so does Mayor Rahm Emanuel like do a cameo or what
9: I do have a. There is a mayor character that is, you know, sort of my nemesis on the program. Uh, but it is not Rom, nor 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 is it based on Rom. I did see Rom at the. Uh, I went to the opening of Hamilton in Chicago, and he was there. But we did not get a chance to talk.
2: Okay, cool. Well, you know, as the characters on the show have success and fighting crime you know maybe trump will see the show and hold off on sending in the feds It was just something he watches a lot of tv i hear uh,
9: he does uh, i i think it would probably help if we mentioned him more often though that seems to be the kind of television that he enjoys watching
2: yeah absolutely but you know who knew algorithms could do more than push products on people and elect politicians you guys this is it's a very interesting storyline you guys are working with
9: well, I mean, to, to me, it's interesting because it seems like there's a lot. Of, it, it could be a lot of good things, and then there's lots of ways it could go uh, badly. Uh, yeah. And uh, so that's what's interesting for me in a television show: the, the 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 ups and downs, the pros and the cons, and hopefully we we we, uh, we dip into that once we get going a little bit.
2: All right. Well, you know, you started as a stage actor, you know, and you've won a bunch of awards on Broadway. But I hear, you know. In, unlike movies and TV, no craft services in theater. You have to like. That's
9: exactly right. That's just no weird. you any food. They uh, they expect you to show up with your own uh, coffee and donuts. Damn. So, uh, that is not one of the reasons to to do theater.
2: What the hell do you do on Sundays when you got to do two shows? That's a long day without food around.
9: You're absolutely. You sound like a man who knows the theater schedule. Uh, yeah. It's a, It can be a. It can be a, uh, a. A brutal grind of a schedule doing a play, with with glimpses of uh, of, of greatness. So I guess for some reason I occasionally uh, get sucked back into it.
2: Okay. Well, later you've you know you you did a ton of indie films and a bunch of TV series. One of which every human who has cable remembers you as, as Andy Botwin on Weeds. So never miss an episode myself. So here's my question: If it was still on, how do you think the show would have adapted to weed being legal in so many states now? Nancy would have had a new had well, to have a new business I, plan. We we
9: sort of uh, I th- I think we started to explore that world a little bit uh i know in the beginning we went to some kind of dispensary it was uh in the in the medicinal marijuana days right uh yeah who knows maybe we had a hand in cracking
2: i think (laughs) you might have
6: all
9: open
2: i think you might have yeah hey spurt spurt Uh, what hey hey justin just a
4: sec what? Uh, you, you know that show Weeds was really popular with all the guys in the joint at Pelican Bay. Yeah. 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 We we had cable in the recreation room, but we didn't have any pay channels. No, that was just not right. So many times we had a request to meet with the warden to see if we could get Showtime to watch Weeds. Well, it, it's only like ten ninety nine a month. You you'd think the
2: the prison warden would spring for that. I, geez. Uh, I'm sure it would have improved morale there. Even the guards would have enjoyed watching it with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we had guys coming in who
4: had watched a season or two. They were really hooked on the show. Right. And then they got sent out. It was heartbreaking to hear them asking what was going on with the show when they met with the relatives in the visiting room. Did Did you guys ever think of doing a GoFundMe campaign? I bet enough people who care
2: about criminal justice reform you know, would have kicked in enough cash to even get Cinemax too. Oh, yeah, you never thought of that.
4: We just had to spread the word on what was happening on the show by word of mouth. It was primitive, but, you know, it was better than nothing. Right, Well, Now now that I'm out, I have Netflix. I have seen every episode, too. It was a great show. Yeah, it was. But, hey, i got
2: to get back to Justin. Okay. Hey, man, I've returned. My apologies. Cool. Well... You know, being in the industry, are, are you burned out uh, on your off hours, you know, because you're surrounded here, you're, you're immersed in media? Do you stay away from, like, binge-watching other shows like the rest of us, uh, you know? Uh, or do you, like, have an assistant that handles that for you?
9: I have an assistant to watch television for me. Yeah, okay, all <laughs> so, right. I, uh, yeah, I, 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 I hate to admit it, but I do still uh, turn on my television on probably a daily basis, Yeah.
2: Do you have anything in particular that you just uh, you know crave, like the rest of us? So we all have our own little special choices.
9: You know what I recently discovered was um, speaking of shows about marijuana. There's a, sh- there's a show on HBO called High Maintenance. Right. Have you heard of this? Thing? Right. Yes. Yeah. It started out as a web series. Yeah. And now it's an HBO show, and I, I caught a couple on the plane the other day, and boy, I just thought it was great. So now that, that's what I'm that's what I'm watching right now.
2: All right, cool. Yeah, it's a cool show. Um, so if you didn't jump into acting, what do you think you'd be doing right now? I like to ask my guests that. I would be a fireman myself, I think. Well, what about you?
9: Wow, that's a pretty good. Uh, you know, it's not too late. I think you can you can volunteer as as that.
2: Right. Yeah, that's a good point.
9: Uh, I don't have a good answer to that. Maybe like a, uh, I mean, I guess I would have said in the past, like a, like a radio DJ, I said, I guess. So, uh, you know, how about that?
2: Yeah. I got to tell you though, it's, it's, it's really freaking boring, but anyway. Overrated. Yeah. Overrated. Anyway. All right. Well, you got so many things going on in your life. I'm going to close with this question. It's a big one too. So Justin Kirk, what has been your most memorable moment in showbiz? You know, anything, any story come to mind?
9: My most memorable moment in show business? Yes. Uh, I find that um, the way to survive in show business is to forget everything, so uh, so I don't have an answer.
2: Including your lines?
9: And then every day seems exciting and new. Otherwise, you get up and you say, oh, I've been down this road before.
2: All right. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll settle for that. Sorry, that'll, that'll work.
9: I hope that was... I know that was a little philosophical. And it was not deep. As exciting as... Uh, as it could have been. But, no, uh, that's just good. I'll think on it
2: and we'll call you back. Uh, uh, please do. I mean, we, we, we'll exchange numbers. Anyway, all right. I'm going to say again that your show, APB, is now airing on Fox each Monday night, 9 p.m., 8 central. Um, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Thanks so
9: much, man. Talk to you soon.
2: All right, Mr. Justin Kirk.
9: For a genuine musical treat. Tune in to the, the Spire Goodman Show, radio's famous program that takes you on a magic carpet of melody to a world of beauty.
2: Okay, it's musical guest interview time. Welcome back to the show, Patrick Galactic. I, I guess you don't have to introduce yourself uh, as I just did, so ID the rest of your crew.
10: Oh, yeah, um, that's this is Ian. Uh, the people at home cannot see me pointing to him, but uh, here, I can Do We call him Liquid Fingers. That's, um, that's my name. Sometimes. It has nothing to do with how he plays bass, though. Um, And then on drums, uh, we have Justin Pasqua. All right. Uh, Fantastic drummer.
2: Yes, absolutely. So you have a new EP out titled Running From The Sun, and it is available everywhere, and if people can't find it, ask for it. So how many man years went into making this record?
10: Uh, Actually, an uh, extremely unacceptable amount of time went into making the record. It took about a year and a half for a whopping five songs.
2: Okay, that's impressive. Um, hey, we're discussing criminal justice reform a bit tonight. Yes. What is your position on the Canadian city of Kensington punishing DUI drivers with a blaring Nickelback song or two on the way to jail in the back of the cruiser? They advertised that this would be the penalty to potential violators on Facebook, and they followed through. Is this cruel and unusual punishment? What do you think?
10: Well, to me, it's, it's surprising because the Canadians are kind of known to be more benevolent than Americans. I know, right? And... This is actually worse than the
2: death penalty. That's what I was thinking. I, it's surprising. Yeah. All right. Um. So, uh, let me ask what the band's official position. Uh, is on organic tofu. I mean, can there be food that is just too darn healthy? You know, like extreme health food? I mean, they already got extreme vetting, and now they got extreme health food. I mean, what's wrong with plain old tofu? I feel we we just need more moderation in our lives.
10: Well, when we're touring, uh, we actually bring GMOs in a little vial that we inject into our organic food. Just Yeah, I thought organic tofu was illegal in this state. Okay. No, that's raw. That's raw tofu. oh.
2: Yeah. Okay. All right. Don't ask how we know that. Well, I won't then. All, all right, right, well, what's the name of the next song?
10: Well, in keeping with our proud tradition of very uplifting material, the song is called Saints in Suffering.
2: Okay. Mm.
1: i
8: Show.
7: Show. Oh, oh, oh. Ah! Ah! Hey everybody, this is Richard Marks,
8: and you're listening to my buddy Spud Goodman. You know, he gets the bad rap, but he's actually a pretty cool guy on whatever radio station
4: this is, so
2: keep tuning in here.
4: Hey, uh, Spud? Yeah. Spud, I think we got your, your, your last uh, guest here. Ryan Hurst? Ryan Hurst, yeah, yeah. I think he's looking to speak okay, with you. Okay,
2: alright. You know, he was scheduled last week, and, and we ran late and had to bump him. You know, he was a real badass on Sons of Anarchy. He, he played Opie, and, and he sort of had a brutal exit from the show. He didn't make it out of prison.
4: Oh, hmm. No, oh, that's, that no, that's a shame. Well, I, I tell you, i never seen the Sons of Anarchy myself, but the white dude with the shaved heads and the joint men that were in there with me, they loved that show. That's all they talked about. It was on basic cable, I guess, so they could watch that one at least. Right. Boy, man, they were hooting and hollering in the recreation room whenever that show came on TV.
2: Well, you missed a great show if you never did watch it in there. Uh, Really well done. But now Ryan has a new show out on WGN America called Outsiders. It's getting really good reviews. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah.
4: Well, you know, when the band was playing that, I Googled Ryan. Did you know that he was on Saved by the Bell? Yes, I did. Do you think I don't do any
2: research or anything before I do the interviews? And for the record, Ryan was only in a couple episodes, by the way. You're um, huh. you you know, you're not like Gerald. Do you think I'd just show up and fake this thing? Just bluff my way through this?
4: Yeah, kind of. Right, really? Just know. put him on, please. I don't know.
2: Please greet actor Ryan Hurst. Thanks for coming on the show, man.
4: My pleasure.
11: My pleasure. Thank you for having me.
2: Super. Alrighty, you are now starring in season two of the WGN America series, The Outsiders, which airs Tuesday nights at 9, 8 central. You play the son of David Morse's character, Big Foster, so give us the basics on Outsiders.
11: The basic on Outsiders is that there's this clan, this sort of family of people who've lived on the top of this mountain um, in Appalachia for as long as anyone can remember, and uh, they've never integrated themselves into society, so they, you know, they... Um, they can't read, they can't write, they, um, oh. they have their own language, they have their own sort of rituals, they're, you know, a culture in and of themselves, and, uh, you know, they don't have any of the sort of modern conveniences. And then this uh, this coal company comes along and says, you know, that there's coal in that mountain that they're living on, and they say, we're going to go ahead and take that mountain from you, and the pharaohs say, uh, not without a fight, and that's essentially the, the, the you know, what the show's all about.
2: I think I'm going to be uh, rooting for your family. I have to say that. So anyway, that's for the record. Um, Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Uh, So you've been in the industry for many years, uh, actually getting your start in 93 on Saved by the Bell. So you've pretty much seen it all from a kid's point of view to now being a veteran actor who's been in many, many projects. If you wouldn't have gotten into acting, what do you think you might be doing now? Well, that's a
11: good question. I don't know. I would either be, you know, a couple of the other things that I enjoy the most is that I am... I, I also practice and teach um, kundalini yoga, wow. and then I'm also a skydiver, so I could probably be one of those.
2: <laughs> Dang, you live on the edge. All right, super. Well, one yeah. of your prior movies was uh, Saving Private Ryan. How was that shoot? A lot of war films have like a mini boot camp beforehand. Did Steven Spielberg have you guys trained with guns and stuff, or did he just let you wing it? <laughs>
11: no, I... Um, for. I did go to boot camp, but I went to boot camp for a different movie that I did called
6: We Were Soldiers. Oh, yeah. Because we did, you know, a good
11: three weeks of boot camp um, in Fort Benning, Georgia, before shooting that. But for Saving Private Ryan, I did not. I just had that one scene, um, so so I didn't go to boot camp. But the the majority of that cast did, though, but I didn't.
2: All right, super. Um, So let me ask you this. I have to ask you about this. Your role on a, on a show loved by many, many people, including myself. Uh, yeah, Guns of Anarchy. Uh, you played a, a character, Opie Winston. Uh, were were you uh, a Harley guy beforehand, or did you have to become one after you got the part?
11: No, I'll tell you that literally one of the things that attracted me to the role was uh, I didn't even read the the script before I accepted the role. Is that they uh, they they my agent gave me a call and they said. You want to you wanna get paid to learn to ride a motorcycle? And I said, yes, I do. <laughs> and, you know, the rest is history, so to
6: speak.
2: Oh, all right, super. You know, I myself have a Honda 90, and yes, I do take a lot of crap when I ride with others, so I've, I've never been to Sturgis yet. I don't know, maybe someday. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to ask you, how tough was the scene of Opie's death for you and the others? I would think it would have been, have been kind of emotional. It was, it was really intense.
11: Yeah, no, that was it. Was a very emotional moment. You know, it was the you know the end of you know five years, you know, together, sort of, you know, making this great pieces of, of television. And you know, there's a lot of very, very there still are very, very close brotherhood that we created. So yeah, it was that was that was a, that was a tough one.
2: Yeah, uh, I was. I got to tell you, uh, it took me a, a few hours afterwards to recover from that one. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. kind of bleak. Um, well, when the show when the show ended, did the producers let you guys keep the bikes you rode on on the show?
11: Um, they 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 actually um I they offered, but the, those bikes by the end were so sort of beat up that they they barely they barely functioned. So I said, you can go ahead and sell that on eBay.
2: <laughs> oh. Wow! All right, how about the le- how about the club's leather jackets? Those ought to be worth like a, a ton now.
11: Yeah, yeah, no, we we did keep all of those. There's every everyone who was on the show, um, starting from the very first season, when their character got uh, killed off, is is we all kept our our, our cuts, our leather
2: our leather vest. Do you ever like yeah. wear it out, uh, like a night to a club or anything, or?
11: <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> all right, just asking. All right, super.
6: Hey, spread, spread. Yeah. Hey, on, on that topic.
4: All right. Do, don't you think everyone on the show should be given something a little bit nicer than t shirts? Now, I'm not saying our executive producer needs to speak for leather apparel like the actors on Sons of Anarchy, yeah. but maybe like a nice velour vest would be nice, you know, or like
2: I'm thinking in purple. Hey, uh, just a moment, Ryan. Uh, a velour vest? I don't think so. And what's wrong with the Spud Goodman Show t-shirts? I think they look pretty cool.
4: Yeah, but they have your face on. them. Right, yeah. It's, like, it's I my I wear show. them all the time on the Greyhound bus, traveling in the country, doing the food stuff, but they were free, so I had a few. When they, when they get dirty, I just toss them, but what? I, I get some strange looks from people staring at me when I'm wearing them. I don't. I don't have any
2: problems when I wear one. Mm, I have like a I'm couple
4: surprised. dozen of them myself. Okay. All right, all right. Look, you, you should probably give back to Ryan.
2: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Hey, man, I'm back. I'm good to go, brother. Well, let me close with my standard question, and here we go. Uh, Ryan Hurst, what has been your most memorable moment in show business?
11: My most memorable moment in show business was probably meeting, um, this was years and years ago, was probably meeting Robin Williams. Um, oh, super. In a, in a movie that I did with him called Patch Adams. is yep. He was a, sort of a childhood idol of mine. Um, and when I, I got to work with him for about three weeks um, on a movie called Patch Adams and, and getting to meet and work with him
6: was probably one of my most memorable
2: moments. Yeah, I would say so, man. That would have been a thrill. Okay, well... Um, I'm going to let you go. So let me say again that the show you star in on WGN America, Out, The Outsiders, or Outsiders, excuse me, is yeah. now airing each Tuesday night at 9 p.m. 8 central. We really appreciate your time, okay? Oh, Thank you so much. All right. Mr. Ryan Hurst. This is
8: the Spud Goodman Show. show. <laughs> ah! What else is there, man?
5: Spud, I believe yeah. we have another caller who wants to speak with Lawrence, and I've been told his fans are really jamming up the phone line. Happy
2: oh. home! I think, think that's a good thing, but you, you know, Lawrence, upstaging the host is not a smart career move if in another, you know, if you're with some other station or whatever, you know, I'm just saying. Come on, Spud, you know I'd never do that to you, really? Well, I mean, I, I mean, just try not to be so popular, because it's kind of making me a little uncomfortable uh we
4: have sort of a problem here
2: yeah I mean uh, no worries but I can handle it just just a heads
4: up I yeah, yeah right. okay. what, what can I say man uh, look I'm sorry uh, yeah it's just uh, the way should, it is. should
5: I hey should I have them put the call through
2: well, they want to talk to me or Lawrence mm,
5: oh they're saying um oh it is for Lawrence yeah
2: fine yeah just put it through caller go ahead but if you have a question for me too
12: I am ready is lawrence there yeah yeah he's here yeah yeah i'm here i'm here Uh, so i've called before like when you hosted that post-show report after spud show do you remember me
4: Mm, no no i took a lot of calls Uh, so so what do you want to know
12: well my cousin did a couple of stretches one at danville in illinois and another at starkville in mississippi Hmm. that lockup show on msnbc was at both those prisons and he was on a bunch of episodes.
2: Okay, can you Ed get to the point here? Ed
12: was a real convict. Yeah. Kind of dumb, but he was the real deal. Wait a minute. I don't think you really are an ex-con. Mm. You were told to play one, right? For the ratings? Oh, okay. You ain't got the answers.
4: You, you ain't got the Bro, answers. Relax, look, 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 no. I, I paid my debt to society. I did almost seven years in oh, the joint.
2: Why do you care? I mean, sure, we are playing it up, trying to, you know riding for the ratings big deal shows do that
4: all the time okay but he's he's a real deal hmm what did you get sent up for well look i've shared this on there before if you if you've called you know this i guess you're not a regular listener apparently because my beef was art forgery <laughs> art forgery
2: mm. I, yeah, I, I a white guy like a that
6: white color right there guy there,
12: <laughs> Do people even go to prison for art forgery? Yes, I did. What did you do? Like draw that Mona Lisa or something? You were a real bad ass, weren't you? Shut the f up, Donnie. Well, you know, I'm really picking up on this
2: prison know it all thing going down. Seems like everyone sing, you know, thinks that they know the scene so damn well. Yeah, I think it's right. I think it's kinda like overexposure or something
4: caller i think you're being a bit disrespectful no, don't here that's worry. just my opinion don't worry about it but it's all right it's all right no, i got your back uh, no no i'm good i'm good i can hold my own I good time you know okay look carla look i never painted the mona lisa but look i was pretty active with monet's and picasso's and especially dolly he was real fun to do
12: were you ever on any episode of lock up if you did almost seven years, you must have been on at least a couple of them.
4: Well, you know, I, let me tell you. I think about it. They did come to Pelican Bay. And if you look real close on the episode where they discussed their rapid response team, I was in the background sweeping the floors. I was only screen, on screen for maybe a second or two. Right? But some of my buddies on the outs, they saw it and they taped it for me. But no, I haven't seen it yet. No.
2: I wouldn't mind seeing that for sure. If you can get a copy. I did not know. I just... I didn't know you were on lockup, yeah. even for just a few seconds. That's pretty damn cool. I think so. It smells really good.
12: Well, Carl, if I gotta you go. Were, we gotta go. I'd yeah. have to give you Come props, on. dude. Okay. Uh, so yeah.
2: Anyway, I, we got we gotta go now. And why, why don't you uh, go watch a, a, an episode of Orange Is the New Black? Okay? Because we gotta go. Bye.
12: Uh, I don't dig chick
2: prison shows. Well, well, somebody terminate this call with extreme prejudice right now, please, please. Thank you. Okay. You know he was kind of a jerk. You know. I mean. Uh, you know. We know now, though, for sure. Prison shows have totally jumped the shark. Yeah,
4: I think so. I guess yeah. I got out of prison in time, just in time for Well,
2: that
5: well, I do like Orange Is the New Black, and I can't wait until next
2: season.
12: When I came back from the hospital, the first thing I did was go look at
4: my badge in the mirror. It looks better looking than before.
2: So, Lawrence, do you want to plug your next public sector food critic review segment? Where do they have you going? Oh.
4: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I'm headed to Lackland Air Force Base down in Texas. Wow. I'm supposed to review the PX's snack bar there. Wow, that's going to be a long Greyhound bus ride. Here.
2: It is. All right. Well, safe travels, I guess. All right. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Once, bye bye. Yeah, once again, here is Patrick Galactic.
1: One, two, three, four. Tell me everything I think about God. 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 Trace through the pathways of my mind so long. That range you Everything you thought I'd become, I would never be. I'm ready, still I can't be still, there's no refrain. Taking all the dust of your loving to break. All I wanted all this time was to be in your mind. Save you for the day. about God tell me everything I think and about God tell me everything i think and about God tell me everything I think and about God raising through the minefield field of my heart so long medicated a bit in race the better over your
0: Goodman Show is produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions and recorded at NWCZ Radio. Engineer, Mike Renville. Executive Producer, Lori Madsen. Written and directed by Spud Goodman. Production Assistants, Brian Martin and Trent Patello. Video Director, T.J. Pites. Original Music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. On-Air Talent, Rob McGee, David Deer, Derek Schneider, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2017, Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. All right,
4: howdy, ho
1: everything i think about god tell me 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 everything